This is Sports Jam. I'm Doug Doyle. Dave Popkin is entering his 21st season as a basketball commentator with the Seton Hall Basketball Radio Network, alongside play-by-play man and soon-to-be Hall of Famer, Gary Cohen. Dave's in his 24th year as the voice of Northeast Conference basketball. Dave was one of the first guests on Sports Jam all the way back in 2008, and since then, his career in sports, philanthropy, and music has continued to flourish. They're down by two, 2.3 seconds left. They have one timeout left if they can't get it in. Richmond to inbound. He has the basketball. Richmond trying to get it in. Does so to Samuel. Samuel's got to go. He launches a three. Off the backboard and in! They win! It's a miracle! Dave, great to have you back on Sports Jam. Doug, always good to spend time with you. 2008, it feels like about five minutes ago. <laughs> the show has been going on for that long. You also now have a, a new podcast that, that you're starting and a sports talk show. So before we get into that, there's a lot of new things happening with Dave Popkin. Tell us about this new show as you head into the college basketball season. I've tried to avoid it as long as possible, but I got sucked in. Now I'm a podcast host like you and everybody else. Um, <laughs> I, I felt like New Jersey college basketball um, needed more coverage and that there was a little bit of a void there. There's a couple other good shows out there about the topic, but um, they were pretty specific to certain genres. So um, Austin Johnson, the color commentator for Rutgers and myself, are going to have a little friendly debate about uh, Seton Hall and Rutgers. And we're going to talk about the other six Division One teams in New Jersey as well and, and Jersey-related stuff. So like, you know, Sandro Mamukelashvili uh, will be a guest that we'll try to get. He played for Seton Hall and he's now with the San Antonio Spurs and, you know, maybe some noted high school coaches, stuff like that um, for the serious basketball fan. It'll air Sunday mornings on Fox Sports Radio, New Jersey. And who knows better about college basketball than Dave Popkin? As I mentioned, more than two decades being a part of the Seton Hall Basketball Radio Network. And so as we look at Seton Hall, came up with a win in its first game, and you have another game coming up this Saturday against FDU, talking about local teams. What's your prognosis for the Pirates this season? Well, the coaches picked them ninth out of 11 in the Big East. I think they'll be better than that. Uh, I'm not sure how much better, because even if they have the same record and have the same result at the end of the year, the league is so much tougher. I think it's going to be hard to be 500 in this league because you have national championship contenders. UConn is the defending national champ, and they're back at least as good as last year. Uh, Creighton, Marquette, I think that they are contenders uh, for the Final Four as well. And you go up and down the line. I mean, St. John's is better with Rick Pitino. Georgetown is better with Ed Cooley. Xavier is great. Um, so I think it's going to be difficult for Seton Hall this year. I do think they have more depth. I think they have some more shooting, which you have to have in college basketball. You need three-point shooting, obviously. So I, I think they have more in those areas, but it remains to be seen. You've went through a number of coaches with Seton Hall through the years, and second-year coach now, Jaheen Holloway, who played for Seton Hall. You had a relationship with him before he became coach. How has it been working with Shaheen? Uh, it's been great, uh, especially this year. He seems really positive into this team, good chemistry with them. They have good chemistry with each other. Uh, we had a funny post-game interview uh, after St. Peter's the other night. I think the first year 
Uh, he was wound pretty tight, you know, a little stressed about uh, taking over his alma mater. He was coming off the Elite Eight with St. Peter's. There was a big spotlight on him, uh, but he's really grown into the job. And I think he's a fantastic coach um, in terms of X's and O's, recruiting, all of that. So uh, Seton Hall was lucky to get him. It was kind of a fate accompli after he made that big run uh, with St. Peter's and Kevin Willard left from Maryland that they would bring him in. Uh, but I think that he's going to live up to the billing. And why is this conference so tough now? What 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 happened? You know, recruiting wars all over the place. You see it. You cover college football. You cover college basketball, college baseball, everything else. What is it about this conference that now it's so stacked? I think, first of all, coaching. That's the one constant in college basketball. If you can bring in a Hall of Fame coach like Rick Pitino, uh, get Sean Miller from Arizona, bring Thad Mata back to Butler. Uh, Ed Cooley is a guy that brings his teams to the NCAA tournament almost every year. Um, you go up and down the line. Uh, Greg McDermott's one of the best offensive coaches in the country at Creighton. Um, so that's the constant for these programs. And if they can keep these guys for 10, 15, 20 years, uh, it builds continuity with the staff, with the players, with the fans. Um, and I think the fact that the Big East has had continuity with not losing members. If you look at all of these other conferences, the Pac-12 has evaporated as a lot of the schools, all but two, have left for other leagues. And you're seeing changes in every single conference except the Big East. They got UConn back. Other than that, it's the same 10 teams that, you know, reformed the league over 10 years ago. So um, I think all of that, their national TV contract with Fox, um, their relationship with Madison Square Garden, where the tournament is going to be there every year and fans know it and they can make plans for it. All of that continuity has built strength in the league and, and, and frankly, you know, recruiting and strong NIL, right? Name, image, and likeness is the name of the game with college basketball recruiting these days. And so many of these schools like Villanova, I haven't even mentioned yet, Villanova could win the national championship. And they have somebody that used to be a head coach in division one, Baker Dunleavy, that's just in charge of like being a GM and like assembling NIL deals for the players. Um, and a lot of these schools do have a lot of these collectives that are raising money to keep guys in school and pay them so that they don't go overseas or go to the G League, go to the NBA early, things like that. So um, an emphasis in that area has been important as well for the Big East. Along with former Pirate star Mike Enzi, Dave Popkin with you at the Rock in Newark. Sonogo to the line for a one and one. Eighth team foul on the Pirates. 313 left in OT. The Hall leading at 79-77. And the front end, no good. Rebound grabbed by Jared Roden. Pirates can go up by two possessions. Aiken driving the right side. Aiken floats it up and in. Bryce Aiken. 81-77. Seton Hall. Aiken has 17. So with 21 years now with Seton Hall, you are really a part of the fabric of the Pirates. You have been through great times. You've been through difficult times with this team. Obviously, you love being a part of a, a team atmosphere as a broadcaster. I really do. And it's different than just parachuting in with some of the other stuff that I've done with FS1 or CBS Sports Network or the NEC games, even uh, even though I've had a long association with them. Um, yeah, I'm on the bus with the guys. I'm at breakfast. I'm on the charter. You get to know them a little bit. And I would say progressively, uh, over the last five, 10 years, 
it's easier to talk with these players. Like they're bringing in really smart, nice guys that uh, can have a conversation and interact well with the fans and with the media. Uh, they know what to say. Um, you know, they keep their nose clean and it's like uh, refreshing, you know, to, to be around this group. Um, this year's group seems particularly um, kind and smart and almost like dealing with um, some of the guys on Ivy League teams and America East teams and uh, some of these leagues that have like high academic profiles. Um, they're bringing guys that, you know, can really uh, converse with the media and the fans and all that. So, you know, that's been fun. And um, just to see success uh, with a lot of the guys over the years, I had Isaiah Whitehead on my broadcast at halftime on opening night and he's gone on to play for the nets in a half dozen countries and um, just had an ordeal in Israel and to learn their stories and, and to see how they grow uh, is terrific. And if you've ever had a chance to see a championship ring, you know, they're huge. Dave has a championship ring with the Seton Hall pirates that he has and, and treasures because once you're a part of that team and they reach, uh, you know, the height of success, you're just as much a part as the players because you've been a part of the whole process. Yeah, I thanked Isaiah for that when I saw him because uh, that's the only ring that I have in over 30 years of doing teams. I mean, really, I started doing teams in Miami at college in 1990. And none of my teams have ever won anything. It's like you being a, a Pittsburgh fan. It, it's a while between drinks of water, right? <laughs> sure, Absolutely. So when Seton Hall won the Big East uh, Tournament Championship in 2016 and Isaiah hit that game-winning shot, uh, we all got big rings from the school and it was very kind of them to do that. And and I do feel like I've been uh, a part of the fabric uh, over the last 21 plus years. Even before I was on the air, I was doing stuff with Seton Hall, uh, marketing and interviews and, and other things like that. So uh, it's been a long time. Dave Popkin is one of the hardest working men in the business. I'll take it back how long we've known each other for many, many years and been friends all that time. The USBL, do people remember the New Jersey Shore Cats when Rick Barry was the head coach of the Shore Cats and there was Dave calling the action in Asbury Park at the convention center and the Newark Bears when they started. He was also play-by-play -play announcer for, for the, the Newark Bears there in uh, now defunct stadium, but uh, he goes back a long way. How about the Jersey shortcut days? Did you, you, you ever think about that? Daryl Dawkins was a coach for one of the teams, and and we had all kinds of uh, ex-players that would come back. Those were pretty fun days. I have nightmares about that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. It was a fun, like, very condensed. I, I only worked there for four or five months, maybe. Uh, it was a seasonal thing. I had been working at the New Jersey Nets at the time, um, selling tickets. And I was doing college basketball, doing some Atlantic 10 stuff. And I applied for this thing because it's in Asbury Park and it was pro basketball and I wanted more play-by-play -play work. And it ended up being much more than that. Uh, I literally had to carpet and paint the media room uh, in Convention Hall in Asbury Park because nobody had used the room in probably decades um we had to put a floor down we had to paint all the seats we had to put a scoreboard in uh to the building we had to paint the bathrooms i mean it was not ready for prime time they basically had some card shows and wrestling and not that many events in asbury park at that time which was you know pretty burned out i mean 1997 
1998, I'm sorry. Um, it was still like in the theoretical <laughs> status where we were like, okay, can Asbury come back? Developers were starting to move in, but we had, we got a lot of fans to those games. We got a couple thousand people into convention hall and you had players on the way up, players on the way down, uh, you know, some notable people that came through as assistant coaches and head coaches. So um, yeah, meeting you and, and working with Matt Harmon as well um, as part of that was great. And I think I was the only one that got along with Rick Barry. <laughs> he, he just he is a brilliant guy and a great coach uh but he was difficult for a lot of people because he's a genius like he's a really smart guy and doesn't suffer fools and just like didn't have a lot of patience for people and i got along with him great and that made the job a lot easier and of course he was one of the greatest basketball players ever and uh, most people remember him for his underhand free throws, but he was one of the deadliest shooters in NBA history. And it was fun to watch you work with him all the way back in Asbury Park in those days. And those really seem like a lifetime ago for me. And Dave and his wife, Cindy, have been supporters of WBGO all along the way. They love jazz. They love the show. They love the station and uh, their charitable work, which has been extraordinary. We'll talk about that as the show progresses. But most recently, Dave joined the WBGO content team as a freelance news and music contributor. And you can check out his interviews with the likes of Robert Cray, Coco Montoya, and Eric Gales at WBGO.org. I know you're having fun doing those. It's honestly the most fun that I've had on the air. And I appreciate the opportunity, Doug. And it's been uh, great to be associated with WBGO in any way. Uh, as you mentioned, Cindy and I have listened since the late 90s and been members since then. And I would listen to Bob Porter and Michael Bourne religiously. I love Gary Walker and Brian Delp and Pat Prescott and everybody up, Rob Crocker, up and down the line, Felix. Uh, I listened to all of those shows. And um, to be able to kind of pick up the torch in my own way. Um, my lane has been the blues so far. I've done a lot of blues interviews. Kingfish Ingram, who was recently on 60 Minutes, we had him first uh, on WBGO and, and did a long interview with him. And um, that's something that Bob Porter and, and Michael did a lot of, right? They would do blues and R&B and, and mix that into the jazz that is such a big part of WBGO. And, and I want to keep that apart, you know, of the station. And I think there are a lot of people that listen that do enjoy that music as well. And it's all interrelated, right? It's all the great American music uh, that was developed in the South and Chicago and New York. Um, so to be able to talk about that with some of these people that um, I've listened to for years, I mean, Robert Cray, I've been a fan since the 80s. And I think he's one of the best out there. So that was a particularly fun one. The jersey that's behind me uh, has some significance. It's Bernie Williams, number 51. And Dave has had the pleasure of having uh, interviewed Bernie and hanging out with him. Dave's a big Yankees fan. As you can see, all the baseballs behind him. Uh, he has just about every autograph of anyone who's ever entered Cooperstown, the Baseball Hall of Fame, that you could possibly have, you know, living or 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 current so he has quite a collection there but when you think about baseball that really that really is your love of sports even even past basketball right baseball is what i did for many years you know i traveled with teams sioux city iowa um the iowa cubs in des moines el paso as you mentioned newark um eastern league i was on that circuit for tv um 
And for the last 10 years, I've done Buffalo Bisons games as a fill-in. And baseball was my first love as a kid, uh, as a player, and collecting cards and autographs and the balls that you see and and all that stuff. So yeah, baseball is definitely a part of me. And of all the 63 things that I do, um, if I had to narrow it down, I would say announcing baseball is probably uh, what I'm best at. PD deals. Franzoni hits it a ton. Deep center field. Simmons is going back. And that ball is gone. It's a new record for Xavier baseball. Their home run king of all time is Luke Franzoni. The 45th home run of his career. And the Musketeers take a 3-0 lead. Dave was just honored by Right on Sports with the Literacy Champions Award. And uh, so congratulations on that. I was proud to be uh, in the audience to see you uh, receive that award. When you think about Dave Popkin, you think about giving back. And he has had sports broadcasting camps for years. Why do you do that? It's so gratifying to see the difference in the kids between Monday and Friday. Uh, we do it every year at Montclair State, previously um, at the Yogi Berra Museum and Learning Center on the Montclair campus, and now right in the studios at the School of Communication. And a lot of the kids are shy. They don't have the skills. They like sports. They think they might want to do it. But then to light that fire and then to follow them, you know, like a Justin Shackle, who we know, um, who went to the camp for several years, and now he's one of the announcers for the Yankees. Um and just some of our interns that have come through and learned from from the counselors and the guest speakers that we bring in. We bring in the top, you know, A-list guest speakers because basically we're in the New York metro market and so many of these people live here. Kenny Albert, who you had on your show, and uh, Mike Breen. We had Marv Albert, Gary Cohen, who you mentioned. Um, Ian Eagle every year. Uh, we used to do the camp with Bruce Beck. These are the best at what they do. And you know, to watch the kids get to um, learn from them and, and from the rest of us, Tim Capstraw, uh, who does the camp with me now, um, it's tremendous. You know, it's one of my favorite weeks of the year. They're like sponges. Uh, they're like little magpies, you know, doing radio shows and TV shows. We give them the opportunity to go right on the air um, during the week and bring them to a minor league baseball game. So it's it's a really fun week. You, as you mentioned, bring in the top announcers, uh, including yourself, part of these camps. You and Tim Capstraw have a special relationship. Uh, you know, he has never missed a game uh, covering the uh, being the analyst for the Nets. When you approach being an analyst for Seton Hall basketball alongside Gary Cohen, what do you consider your role to be? What What is the special thing that Dave Popkin brings to Seton Hall Pirate basketball? Comic relief. <laughs> <laughs> Um, honestly, on radio with basketball, the color commentator, depending upon the broadcast, only talks about 15 or 20 percent of the time. Otherwise, the audience can't see the ball and they don't know what's going on. So really, I'm getting in and getting out where I don't step on the play by play announcer, but I'm providing something different, like whatever he's not hitting. So I almost see it as being the graphics that you would normally see on TV that pop up out of the score bug that says Seton Hall is on a 13 to three run in his play by play. Gary may not say that. So boom, as soon as Seton Hall hits a three, I'll say that caps a 13 to three run for the pirates over the last two fifty, um, And I'm out. A and then there might be something where he calls the play 
And then I see something away from the ball. That's something I had to train myself as a play-by-play announcer early on in my career. I would watch the ball. So you have to watch what else is going on, the full court. So I may have something to add there. Oh, it was the it was the pick along the baseline by Hutchins Everett, you know, that freed up Dawes for the easy layup that time. Boom. And I'm out. Um, and instant replay. Like you don't get instant replay on radio. So he may have the call. And then I may just give a little bit of a twist, you know, on what just happened. Um, maybe that he used the offhand or that he got elevation over his man or or whatever the situation might be. Just a little bit of extra color. They call it color analyst, color commentary. I'm literally coloring in the lines that he has provided. And when Gary Cohen is off doing Mets games, Dave is doing the play-by-play for the Seton Pirates, and that also means during March Madness. And you've had some great games through the years covering March Madness. Anyone pop out to you? I think the first NCAA tournament game that Gary and I did together in our first year with Lewis Orr as the coach, uh, Seton Hall was an underdog against Arizona, a team that had four players, I believe, that were drafted in the NBA, and Seton Hall didn't have any. And the Pirates upset them, and we got a lot of media exposure after that. And I'm like, wow, this is big-time basketball. Like, I, I really got it at that point. Um, the magnitude of what we were doing. And we were on a huge radio station at the time, 77 WABC. So you could hear it across half of the country, literally. It's a clear channel station. So that was cool. It was a lot of exposure for us and for the program. And it's fun to win. Like I've been through, as you mentioned, a lot of lean years where you know, the team wins 12 games or maybe they make the NIT, maybe they don't. Uh, so to go to the second round of the tournament that year right away was definitely cool. Dave Popkin actually played for the WVGO softball team at one point when we had it together and was a darn good shortstop. He's a good athlete, but it was in high school at Neptune that you finally found out maybe broadcasting might be the trick. Tell us that real quickly, that story. Well, it was my junior year, and I was about to make the varsity basketball team for the first time, uh, but my coach pulled me aside before they put the list up, and he said, listen, Poppy, we like having you around. Uh, I was almost like the mascot for the team. I hardly played, uh, but I I cared and I wanted to be there every day. And he said, listen, you'll be of more use to us if you take this video camera and you tape the games so that we can scout ourselves and you can travel with us, still be at a practice every day, all of that stuff. But you're only going to get in the game if we're up or down by 30 points. So I thought about it for about two seconds. And these guys have been beating me up in practice. We had, you know, somebody that was drafted by the Nets. We had somebody that became one of GW's all-time leading scorers. We had real players on this team. We went, you know, a couple rounds deep into the state tournament that year. And I said, yes, I'll do it. And it was a great decision. And it was him being honest with me. His his name was Russ Walling. Uh, He was a former player at Monmouth that was coaching Neptune at the time. And he was just honest. And he liked me. And I think that he saw that, um, it was something I could be good at. And then once they got the tapes back, they're like, dude, you're good at this. Like apply to communication school. So I did. And I ended up at Miami and it was great. Well, what a wonderful decision, as you mentioned, because now you can see Dave on all the major sports networks uh, doing TV and uh, radio. But Dave is also, as I mentioned early on, he is about uh, philanthropy, giving back. The Nutley Family Service Bureau. Dave is the president of the board of trustees of this nonprofit organization. Tell us a little bit about Nutley Family Service Bureau. Nutley Family Service Bureau has been around for 110 years. 
Um, we're celebrating our anniversary this year uh, with an event December 13th at Mama Vittoria in Nutley. And we're bringing back all of our past presidents of the board to honor them for all of their contributions. Uh, we provide mental health counseling, a food pantry, case management, uh, senior services, and other programs uh, in town. We have over 20 employees. Uh, we have over 150 volunteers. We do food drives. And um, it, it's a great addition to the services that the town provides and that other towns in the area provide. We have clients from 50 towns, you know, Belleville and Lindhurst and the greater Nutley area, but generally it's Nutley. And um, we hold events, you know, like Rock Hunger, that you've been uh, a singer uh, at some of our events like Rock Hunger and the Garden Party before. And it's a fun way to interact with the community and let them know about our mission, what we do. Um, it's been really gratifying to be involved in the organization. Catherine Carmichael is a terrific executive director that's there with the boots on the ground every day uh, with the staff serving the clients. There's been such a need uh, for mental health counseling, you know, not only with COVID, but just you name it, you know, in in this country, it's, it's a needed service. Um, and and the pantry, we've improved that over the years. Instead of just handing somebody a bag of food, now you come in, you get a personalized experience, you meet with a case manager who helps you navigate other benefits and, and figure out the why. Like, why is that person there? How can we really help their life in a holistic way? So it's something that um, I'm really proud to be a part of. So not only uh, is Dave a philanthropist, a broadcaster, but he also is the CEO of an events company called Hilltop Management. How does he have time to be a singer in a band? And uh, he mentioned The Attic was one of the, uh, the the groups that he has performed with for, for, for the charity groups that, that, that I'm involved with, along with My Lady Rose here. And when you think about the band Rose and you are part of another band, it's called The Porch Rockers. And, and you're having a blast there. That's uh, a group that plays punk, it plays you know, rock, it plays uh, pop. It's a passion of yours, isn't it? Music, you've been a big Bruce Springsteen fan for many years. How do you have time to be be a singer in a band, Dave? I make time. Music is my favorite thing in my life, you know, more than sports um, and more than other pastimes. I actually quit golf a number of years ago because I said, I can't do all these things. Let me just concentrate on music. And now it's become something where I can get money instead of spending money. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we go out and the band keeps getting better. Uh, if people like that kind of music, it's fun. I mean, you've been to a lot of those shows, Doug, and um, you know we're playing everything from classic punk, like um, Johnny Thunders and The Clash and uh, Sex Pistols and a lot of those early bands, uh, The Pretenders, to you know more modern pop punk kind of bands like Weezer and Green Day and Rancid and Social Distortion. Um, it's a hoot. It's a hoot. And and I took singing lessons a number of years ago uh, and I found that it helped my broadcasting. And now it's kind of coming to fruition for me where it's, it's helping me uh, perform with the band as well. And 
you know, Rose is great and Chris and Mark and Eddie, they're, they're a lot of fun. And um, yeah, we've, we've been playing a, a good amount. You mentioned Mark has been a long time WBGO listener uh, for many years. So there's all kinds of connections with music and sports and uh, uh, throughout this uh, interview that we have with Dave Popkin. So Dave, we only have a couple of minutes left. You have an opportunity and you can't bring your family to go to any sports event, either from the past or coming up. Who would you bring with you? And they can be sports figures or maybe not. And let's say three of them. And why would you go to that event and why bring those people? I would like to go to one of the old time World Series games in New York uh, between like the Yankees and the Giants, the Yankees and the Dodgers, because baseball dominated the landscape so much more uh, back in those days. There wasn't as much on TV. There obviously no social media. People listened on the radio and it just it captivated the nation. There, there weren't other rounds of playoffs. So the World Series was the thing. Right. I would just like to go and sit in the booth and be with Mel Allen and Red Barber and Connie Desmond um, just to to soak all that up and, and be part uh, of that vintage era of baseball. Of all the college basketball coaches you have encountered throughout your career, who was the most interesting? I think Lewis Orr was one of the most interesting coaches because he was the most unlike the others. Uh, he was a very religious man. Um, he was not an operator. Like a lot of these guys, they're slick, you know, they're out there, they're recruiting. And and I love coaches and, and a lot of them are, are friends and uh, they do a great job. They have the hardest job and I wouldn't want to do it. Right. But Lewis was just like a gentle giant. He, he was like a, a, a really kind man and you know, easy to interview, easy to be with, not stressful, um, you know, wanted to bring in guys that were going to do the right thing. And he was like an anomaly. And he lasted a long, he passed away recently. Um, and we miss him. But he was assisting Patrick Ewing, his friend um, at Georgetown. And he was just a nice guy, you know, and, and easy to be around. So um, the other one that I think of is, is Tim Capstraw, who you mentioned, because um, he just got it on a higher level. Like he, he was able to joke around. He could go and, you know, host a luncheon and then the next day, you know, be on a talk show. And then the next day coach his team. And, um, you know, even though he didn't reach the mountaintop as a coach, uh, I just felt like, um, the personality that he brought to the sport was needed and people gravitated toward that. Just one of the reasons why Dave Popkin is loved throughout the basketball community because of he gives it the real you know approach to things. He's he's your average guy who has exceeded all expectations from that young kid that wasn't going to get a lot of playing time at Neptune High School and now has made himself a tremendous broadcaster. Dave continued success not only with basketball but with Netley Family Service Bureau and uh, all your work that you do. And thanks for being a second-time guest on Sports Jam. We appreciate it. Absolutely, and uh, we appreciate everybody listening, and, and thanks for having me. I really enjoyed the show, uh, Governor Murphy, and uh, all the different guests that you've had recently. Uh, it's a tremendous listen. <music> 
Porch Jam is a WBGO Studios production. You can hear all the past shows by going to wbgo.org slash sportsjam or wbgo.org slash studios. You can also hear Sports Jam with Doug Doyle on the NPR list of podcasts or wherever you hear podcasts. Special hello going out to Cindy Terrell, Dave Popkins' wife, and their wonderful dog named after a great saxophonist, Clarence. Until our next Sports Jam session, I'll see you at the game.